Jazzercise, Josh. Jazzercise. I'm standing now. Whoa, just wait for it, Rod. You're going to fucking hate me. Woo! <laughs> oh, I didn't even think about that. Hell Welcome fuck. to Murder Moose, episode 142. <laughs> I'm standing now. There's nothing you can do. Woo! Okay, oh, my Josh God. Is... Help me. <laughs> help, help us both, Ken. Josh is... I thought I was a pr until like about f uh, right around the time Ken started coming into the podcast. I thought I was the problem. Nope, Josh has been the problem all along. Is no Josh way. Hi, <laughs> Josh's problem is Josh. <laughs> yep, it's Josh. Hi, Josh is the problem. It's him. Uh, I agree to disagree. <laughs> I mean, that's but. Fair. We are Murder Moose. We're part of the Slashing Cast Podcast Network. It's in the game. <gasps> there you go. It is in, the, in game. the game. Guys! Josh! Yes! There was just a horror convention in Calgary, and it was fantastic. Did I you wish you were here. I fucking wish you were here. I wish you were here. Yes, I wish. I wish I could have been there. So How, did, you, did you take a, po a, a picture with the hereditary girl on her pole? I don't take pictures with people. I take pictures of people with people. Like, I I don't know. I was talking to uh, Diana about this, and she's like, what the fuck? That's like, you should do it. And I'm like, I met them, and I was really, I had good conversations with all of them, and I worked with all of them, but I don't take pictures with people because I don't fucking care. <laughs> I, don't want, I don't want a picture with someone that I just met type thing. Well, I, I don't know. I think... I don't know how you guys feel about this, but I've brought it up before where like, yeah, I'd love to meet certain people, but I've gotten to that point in my life where I'm like, they're not going to remember me. I doubt that in the five minutes that I get to maybe talk to them, maybe five minutes that I get to talk to them, are we, am I going to have any type of lasting impact outside of, oh my gosh, there was this person that did X, Y, Z, right? Yeah. I don't. Like last go. year they asked me to come. Oh, Hey, come on, get in here, get a picture. And then like my assistant, took my picture and i was like that's cool sure they asked me no one asked me so i'm not gonna go and be like oh yeah i'm gonna spend the 60 dollars to get a picture with you <laughs> even though i'm the one taking the picture no thanks yeah uh, <laughs> i'm okay yeah so. I, I, it's like it's like when you go to a concert and people who are recording like the whole show you're like i'll put I'll put like a, a a song up that I want to hear and like record and do whatever, but I'm then I'm not even watching through my phone. But you see people like at concerts like recording the whole and watching show. the <laughs> yeah. whole entire show. Yeah, and I'm like, no thanks, nope. Josh, who was your favorite person that you ran into at your uh, convention? Um, I I was gonna say uh probably I don't know. It's it's like a toss up because Mark, uh, the the latest uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, was fucking dope. He was so nice. He was so awesome, and he came up because uh, I was the DJ on the Friday night, and he came up and was requesting songs like uh, "Mother" from uh, Danzig. Is, yeah, Mother. Danzig. Yeah, of yep. course. Millie Tell was so sweet. Like so, was he so nice. Was he Leatherface in the new one? Yeah, he was Leatherface. Oh, cool. Um, and then James Jude, Courtney, like the latest Mike Myers, he had such a huge draw that he was the like he was the big guns of the show. Even though, um, what's his name? That kid from It came on like last. Yeah, I was last gonna second. ask you. He no one knew he was there. Like he wasn't on any mm -hmm. of it. The, there was no hype, and there was no like his draw would have come to see him type thing but he came on a day before he he uh you know made a post about it and stuff but it's like if people don't yeah, know it's last minute like so he didn't yeah he was still everyone was so stoked and because i have like the team badge and stuff like people were coming up to me at the end of the weekend and were just like this was like i like make sure this goes up the line to the head guy i don't know his name but like this was the best like i've been to other conventions everywhere but this is literally it none of them feel like this the amount of like heart and love that 
you can feel everyone has for this. Like I totally 100% agree. Like we're all there to, to really like bring our love for horror and make sure that it's like community love. And yeah, I felt like that all weekend. That's awesome. Yeah. You Canadians are all filled with love. Well, and it's not even that. Cause like there's uh there is a bigger one. Cause the, the expo, which is like the Calgary comic-con um, is run and like really big and gets all the big names. And they attempted to do uh, a horror movie one called the Hexpo last year. And it was way bigger than our Calgary horror con and had bigger people, but it just, it didn't have the heart. It didn't have, it was like, it yeah. felt disconnected. Whereas this one, it still had that, like, you know, everyone that was there has been there. This is the 11th year. And like, I'm, I'm just really stoked that um, I'm able to help. And next year I'm going to be like a bigger role and trying to make this closer to the size of the other ones, but still have that like love and heart connected to it. I think it's interesting you bring that up because I've noticed over the years, especially going to like packs and different events like that, that first of all, like once you go and you're like working the convention in whatever capacity you feel compelled to help it grow and you feel compelled to like 100%. see improvements over the years. And like, even I just worked a booth. Like I just worked a booth a few years for PAX East, um, but not for PAX East for another company. But like, even I was like, man, I really hope that next year it does better. And maybe I want to get involved with like, you know, different elements of the con itself. And then I've got friends who start out by just volunteering and then they stay with them and then it's their full-time thing. Like same thing with like MomoCon and stuff like that. So I think that it's really neat and I hope that people appreciate the fact that you're wanting to pour so much of your heart and soul into this because not only does it influence that particular convention, but it does set a precedent for future conventions. And so your passion and stuff can really drive that. So well, cause good I, job. I can um I can level up the the creative direction and stuff. Yeah. So now I'm on as creative director next year to like really bring some solid consistency across the board and really like raise people's expectations as well and um have it maybe even like open the eyes of other people that wouldn't normally want to go to a okay. con just because it looks so what what you need to do josh is to get psycho gorman at the next con i would fuck and so i had this couple come up to me and they're like oh they're they're like going to get uh who did they get Oh, they got a, a photo op with uh, Courtney or Catherine, Catherine Cork, Cork, I can't even say that, from uh, Terrifier. And they're like, oh, shit, going through my poster book. They're like, wait a second, Psycho Goreman? And I was like, huh? I like run over. I'm like, holy shit. Did you just say Psycho Goreman? They're like, oh, my God, Hunky Boys for Life. I was like, yes. And then they bought that and all the other ones in that kind of vein, like the Mandy one. I was like, you two are honestly the coolest people at this con. Mostly just because Psycho Goreman. And then I told them the story about Kin. <laughs> now we have other people probably listening to the, the podcast. Because Continue doesn't want to fucking watch Psycho Goreman. See, Kin now I'm at the point where I'm like, man, I actually really want to watch. But I'm going to stay on this hill for at least a little bit longer. All right, Josh, I'm not going to die on Josh, this hill. But you I'm can't... staying on this hill. Josh is the pot calling the kettle black. I'm going to whittle as, this hill down yeah. and chisel it down until it's relatively flat. Then I'll do it. But for now, hey. I'm going to stand perfectly jo fine on this hill. Josh, the man who has said he's never watching Bob's Burgers because too many people have told him to watch Bob's Burgers and yeah. is giving fuck Kim shit. Oh, wait. No, that was you, Rod. <laughs> Not, don't, well, actually, fuck you too, Rod. But I love you. I mean, <laughs> at the same time. <laughs> man, I miss. OK, so like I'm loving being on the front page. But man, do I miss being able to go fuck you, Rod, every time he comes in. Because <laughs> you can't swear on the fucking front page. And now I catch myself censoring myself in like real life. And now community members are starting to be like, hey. Yeah, but Rod when understands we when we say fuck you, Rod. He means. <laughs> oh, no, I know. Uh, we love him. So. Yeah, no, exactly. It is what it is. Well, 
Oh, I, I was, was listening to, I'm totally going to run over you for a second. Um, I was listening to Two Bears, One Podcast, and they were talking about how they have, you know, the relationship of they can be like, hey, you're a fat fuck or, you know, <laughs> fuck you, dude. Your mom's a hoe or whatever. Yeah. And they were like, but the problem that they run into is then they're out in public and somebody will be like, yo, oh. fat fuck. And they're like, wait, what the hell? I don't know you. Like, what is going on? Yeah. So they, they're saying that it's OK, that. but then it's only OK. But the, you're. They don't realize that when you're on something like this, it is public. So yeah. even though it's just the three of us and it feels like we're just like palling around, but we're actually putting it out there too. So shit. Sorry, Rod. Uh, I mean, no, but still fuck you, Rod. I yeah, mean, fuck that's you. why I, I love you. That's why sorry. people walk up to me in public and like they, they honk clown horns at me because of Josh <laughs> and. <laughs> oh, clown died. I, I get pied in... in so long. It's been it's a few been months. Like, yeah, it's been a while, but like that's okay. I will always be clown dick in my heart, Josh. I will always be clown dick. My clown dick will heart will go on. <laughs> always. always. So I have to ask Josh. Around. This this is I assume because you were at your convention this week and you didn't get to go see the Flash. I went and saw Flash Sunday morning, and there you were mean like Batman? ten people. I mean, the Flash Batman. Yeah. I was kind of like amazed, and the movie didn't make very much m- money, or it only made 170 million. I want to go, a... but yeah, it's I been thought, dude, so busy in my life. It was one of those things where I'm like, I don't understand the complaining people are having with this film. I honestly don't understand it. The only thing in the silly movie that I was kind of like, this is dumb, is there. Like when Barry goes into the Speed Force, there is some real bad CG. Like, like <laughs> a lot of the characters turn in; they look like bad video game PS One like like cutscene models. Kind of. It's DC man. They don't have Marvel money. They got dude. They have Batman money, and they have Superman money, and they have like. Warner Brother money, even though Warner Brothers has lost a shit ton of money, and I don't know, man. But I liked it. I enjoyed it. I had a good time with it, and yeah, I, I don't know. I, it, it's kind of a shame because Ezra Miller's whole like like downfall last year <laughs> into the like turning into like a criminal or whatever they happened with them. It's like. I, I wonder if that how much that had to do with it or it was just like that they got people I don't know man it, it's 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 weird because they also just the the Craven the Hunter movie just trailer just came out yesterday and I'm just like this looks really bad I think there just have been so many comic book movies that like how many some, comic book movies is Aaron gonna be in like he's a he's the he's like this is his third or fourth fucking superhero. And it's his third, at least, because Kick-Ass, and then uh, he was uh, uh, the lightning dude. Uh, the uh, He was a, another, the fast, the, the whatever, what was it, the Wanda and whatever his name was, Quicksilver. And then, like, this, and it's just like, they He's just ripped. kept, they, He's dude, super he is, fucking ripped, though. Who are we talking about? Aaron Taylor Johnson. <gasps> oh, sorry. Yes, him. No, he looked, watch he's, the dude, fucking trailer. Dude, he is like, dude, that holy poster, shit rip. That poster. Which, he, which one is he doing? Craven, the hunter. Yeah, you're gonna get a fucking boner, Ken. Yeah, wait. it's it's he's gorgeous, man. Like the poster itself is just like it's him with like a, a twelve pack of abs and just looking very, very, very gorgeous. He's a gorgeous man. He's been in some real bad movies. <laughs> yeah, he has. Kick <laughs> was awesome though. Yeah, Kickass kick was good, and then Bullet Train was really good. Bullet I really like that movie. Yeah, I really like Bullet Train. Uh, he's a good actor. He he did that stupid uh, Martin, not Martin Scorsese. Uh, yeah, it was a Martin. Whoever he did the the movie that was him and like uh, someone else, and they were like they were both in love with the same chick, and then John Travolta was like a like a government guy coming after and just. It had the worst ending I've ever seen. It had one of those endings, like the last Twilight movie, where they like they had this twenty minute end sequence, and they go, "Oh no, that that didn't really happen." It's like, "Fuck you, just fuck you and your bullshit." That's all I want to say about that. Um, 
but yes. Ah. Uh, so, Ken, have you watched anything? And your life's been crazy lately. You finally came back last week, but uh, you've been. Uh, wa- I watched the first three of the new Black Mirror episodes. Beyond the Sea is like my favorite one I think they've ever done. Um, I haven't. I haven't watched the last season yet. The fourth one or whatever, like the yeah. one that came out after the whatever. But yeah. That one's really good. The yeah. interactive one was, but um, yeah, yeah. The uh, we've watched that. Um, I watched something the other night before bed. It may have just been that, to be honest with you. This took two days. <laughs> it was it. This I I I Ken was talking about it in a stream this morning, and I'm like, yeah, this was not a movie that I. I was like, I'm very glad I didn't go see this movie in the theater because yep. it was like, it was very, it was a lot. And it was a movie that yes. I was glad I could pause every like half an hour or so and go. I like, had to walk, walk around. Away. Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, it was, it, it, it does the, that Ari Aster thing where it's like, it's, it's, it's intense and it's like, it, it makes you feel the anxiety that the character's feeling. Yeah. He's really good at like just overwhelming, like with stuff yeah. and he, he layered shit, but, I'm glad we're we're talking Ari Aster because just meeting Millie and her mom, uh, the mominger, it was the cutest little thing ever. And taking a picture of the two of them, meeting who? Sending, uh, from Hereditary. Oh, okay, yeah. Does she look like the same like girl as from Hereditary, which was five years ago? Or does she look older now? No, she looks older. She's really short, but we had the like the phone which was like extremely heavy and very fucking dangerous actually i was like yeah i don't want like they put the blood on it and stuff but it was in this like roller box thing but because it was so top heavy it would like almost tip over and it weighed like over a hundred pounds so it was very fucking dangerous (laughs) i will say this as i've said it before on here but that moment in that movie was the first time and the only time i could remember like gaping my mouth open going mm-hmm. just it's out yeah, of nowhere and it was like the most unexpected thing because it was one of those it was very much like how they did barbarian right like where they they kind of mislead you in the trailer which is fucking fantastic right where they were like like yeah this is just a uh a, a, like a rom-com gone wrong in barbarian and this movie was like oh this is about this little girl who's kind of creepy and does these weird clicking noises and stuff like that nope it's just like that's kind of stuff, and it's like, yeah, it because we we talk about it all the time on here, right? Where trailers give away too much shit, and that was the kind of thing where they they kind of misled you. And thank God, because it gave you that moment where you're like, "What the fuck? What the fuck?" I I have to see. I don't know. Did either one of you look up how much money this movie actually made in the theater? Uh, okay. yes, nine point. One, it cost them thirty three point five million. I think, if I remember the numbers yeah. right, they only cleared nine point one million in theater. Yeah, I. So they were hoping but, that box or that streaming services were going to be its saving grace. They gave Ari a lot of money for a movie that was like you're like the trailers. I, I think I the Stuckman uh, reviewed this movie, and he doesn't talk about movies he doesn't like anymore. He doesn't like. He's got his own movie coming out this year, which he's. Dude, the man has like he, I saw a video of his the other day where he's like trying to raise some more money because the uh, the visual effects in the film are taking more money than he thought, and so they're trying to raise more money. Like they're doing stuff through Kickstarter and like other like buying. I'm like, dude, the fucking Hollywood process is just like brutal, man. It's just yeah. like it, it just it churns like I don't know, man. I I I don't know. I. I want to. This movie was an experience, though. Is, is there anything else you guys want to talk about before we fully dive into Bo is Afraid, though? I just want to give a heads up that I have lots of comments and lots of quotes. You are good because I didn't quote anything, and this movie was. Yeah. Okay. Well, yes, we were talking about Bo is Afraid, which came out in what, May, I think? It came out in May. Um, and yeah, I will read the synopsis here, and it reads as follows. 
Following the sudden death of his mother, a mild-mannered but anxiety-ridden man confronts his darkest fears as he embarks on an epic Caffey-esque, is it Caffey-esque? Odyssey back home. Okay. I'm glad, though, this is the first off. I just want to open up with this. When I saw this, I was like, this looks like a demented version of a Wes Anderson film. And it felt like a demented version of Wes Anderson film. Did either of you guys, like, have, like, Wes Anderson, like, vibes with any of this? Because it, it, like, it has that, like, surreal, like, this isn't, like, the real world, but it, it it's acting like it's the real world kind of things. I don't know if either of you kind of got the vibes from it that I did. Uh, I'm just looking at because I could not pinpoint a Wes Anderson film off the top of my head if I wanted to. Wes Anderson makes all the quirky, like he's got Asteroid City coming out, but he's like he's done things like the Grand Budapest Hotel and like. Uh, I felt, yeah, I, I can see where you're kind of yeah because of the it felt very like a set with like, but I, I that's what I really liked about what he was doing with this movie was he was layering things and making every scene very busy and a lot of things going on to add to that like anxiety thing like when he has to run to get the water and then he runs back in that was such a cool scene to like show a little bit more about like what this character is going through and it set it up for like uh just me as an audience member going, I, I have no idea what the fuck is going on, like, ever. And, like, I didn't really, the whole entire movie, especially at the, the end, I'm just like, okay, yeah. cool. It's, it's I, done. I, was I the only one who wondered if Joaquin Phoenix had to wear uh, testicle prosthetics or that was just CG? <laughs> it's so funny you bring up testicles because I have a quote, um, not about his testicles, but about um Aster's films Aster's tragedies are so overripe purple that they're like testicles descended uh set to pop and that is a specific bow gag I'll leave you to discover on your own so yes it does tie together Yeah but you don't want your balls to tie together so No No but I it's kind of amazing though that this movie is so wild Yeah that yeah. at a certain point it's basically said that his dad is a giant penis monster. Yeah. And so I was looking into that too, cause I was really confused about that. And I was trying really hard to like wrap my head around that. And it was interesting because in, it wasn't Colander. I want to say it was in Vulture. They were talking about that. It could be a metaphor for his father being an actual dick, just like yeah. an absolute dickhead. Well, but there's that whole concept of him being like locked away, and it was very interesting. I don't know what so, did you guys think. I kind of thought that, like, because of everything that is like that. I I, guess, I don't know for sure. Is Ari Aster Jewish? Because it's like that whole like protective mother thing. In I think so. Ar- His the, mom yeah, is supposed to yeah. be Jewish because yeah, she yeah. is supposed to be buried the day after she's. I think it was a little like, more than protective day after mother. Dead. That was like incest. Yeah. Well, it's yeah. I was the, just waiting for her to like start fucking him, like yeah. numerous times. But it was that like there's that thing where like the Jewish mothers are like it's the stereotype they're like super super overprotective right and you just kind of get the thing that like I was kind of guessing from like some of the because they they let you kind of imply stuff on your own a lot in this film that like she got pregnant or or something like it sounded like the the weirdo the 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 grim reaper from uh, Supernatural who he thought was his father all of a sudden but like that that he couldn't deal with his mother anymore and he bounced. And so like in the mother's eyes, he's a giant dick because he left. Right. And so then to spare her son, she, she was like, Oh, your, uh, your father died. And then told him the story about like, uh, how he, uh, she, he couldn't come if he came. So, was that, that conversation hit? was so fucking awkward too, yeah. where she's like explaining to him as a young child, "Oh yes, we 
And the scene in the play where they're just like having this conversation and she's like, and then they had they had children because they had sex. And you're just like, wait, what? Like I was listening, but what? Well, it was Sorry. that weird. It was that weird interpretation of like, like Bo's like, like anxiety of like of putting himself in the play kind of overwrote the play that was actually happening. Right. And then well, and like, there's a there's a whole thing about that, too, about um the. Let's see. So, you know what? Go ahead. I'll find the actual quote for yeah. it. Sorry. It just, it's that thing where it's like it was over. Well, it's the thing, like, the, a lot of this film, right? Is that, like, Bo's anxiety is so overwhelming for him. It's complete, like, it, it ruins everything in his life, but and everything is make gives him anxiety. The, like, the homeless people on the street, the, like, the, uh, the water in his apartment, the, like, there are so many things in this film that I'm just like, is Ari Aster actually getting anxious about a lot of these things? Like, is he really anxious that a guy's going to be like Spider-Manning over his bathtub and like, you going like, so there's a whole lot of that. Like I'm going to bounce back to the play thing and then I'm going to jump forward to the water thing. I'm going to bounce around for a second. So just as a heads up, bear with me. I'm about to go in deep, literally. water. I love when you bounce around. Um, Um, so the concept with the play that was really interesting something that I read on Vulture was the play itself is about a guy who watches a play that seems to coincide with his life the point being that sometimes art has nothing to do with us but we feel that it's about us so then we insert ourselves into it and try to make everything about us right we're Mm -hmm. not the main player we're not like you can be your own main character in your own world but that doesn't mean that you're the main character in everybody else's world so with art being subjective in the way that it is bada bing bada boom um which i thought was really interesting because that whole section blew my mind i was very confused the water section too so wasser is german for water which is where the waterside village where the home is um so then it's interesting you brought up water. Water is found throughout the entire thing. The uh, bath scene and the ocean cruise where they have a lot of, you know, big scenes happening. Um, all these different things uh, was that water can be freedom, but it can also mean death. So it's yeah. basically trying to be floating on that edge. Water can also be symbolic of a mother's love, which can be considered smothering and destructive. It can also be denied. Uh, think of a man in the attic and his empty bowl. Yeah. So I thought that was really interesting. I feel like this movie and, you know, like Ari Aster as just an artist himself, um, he is fucking smart. He understands the filmmaking as an art on a, a higher level than like there's literally only like a handful of people on Earth that really understand the craft like at this high a level but yeah because he's still pretty young in his career and he's already has so much praise and so much uh you know like power in this i feel like this was the one movie (laughs) early that he's just here it is here's everything and maybe he'll kind of like see uh that it's not all just one-sided and you have to play by yeah. more rules almost uh well, a24 is is one of those places where they'll just be like no whatever you've made us a shit ton of money we're gonna reward you for it other studios probably wouldn't yeah. have given him as much but, more money but who knows are they going to like if this movie made a third of its money back even only on a 30 million dollar budget it's like is this gonna be a gonna come back and bite him in the ass because Regardless, regardless of how good this movie is, because that's not a statement on the quality of this film. Oh no, it's beautiful. It's oh. a. It's going to have people the, talking, because it, it it's art. It doesn't make yeah. sense. It's not overly explained, and it does it in a, in this way. For well, me, that, and you said before, I'm glad it, it, it we watched it not in theaters because uh, yeah, you know, like i don't it's not as an enjoyable of a moviegoers experience because it's it is long and for us three hours is like oh 
That's and, like and two I movies was, for us. Yeah, I was. It was. I was too yeah. busy, and I was like, "Oh yeah, I'll just throw it on." Three hours. Fuck! I don't have. T- I don't have three yeah. hours. Like I'm busy, and I can't just watch this. But I really wanted to because, a, it's Eric fucking Astor. Walking Phoenix is awesome, and yeah, because it was one of those genre benders. It was like, is it horror? Comedy? Drunk? What? And I was like, th- I you've piqued my interest on so many different levels that I have to yeah. sit down and like clear the space and give it the time and attention that it deserves so I can actually like absorb it. And in doing that, I was like, fuck, this I, is harder than I, I wanted almost, it to be. I almost think that he could have made this into a like a, a mini series, like yeah. six, six, th- like 30 minute episodes, because like. I felt that you could have gotten Move what over, you were trying. He was trying to do what? Move over, Rod. I am moved. What do you? I'll find, oh, here, I'll, I'll, I'll uh, the center more. But no, it's like for us. I don't know. I like. I'm sure there are plenty of critics who were like perfect with the length. And like the, there's nothing wrong with this movie. It's just like, especially with us that have the super ADHD. Like there's so many things what? being chucked at you. Yeah, exactly. There's so many things being chucked at you constantly, and there's such heavy things and like heavy like it's got that like it's not like surrealist in like the way like Infinity Pool or like the killing of sacred deer is or anything like that. It is it's surrealist because it turns up the real world and turns up all these things as Josh is just losing his goddamn mind. Like it's the anxiety drives this man to see the world in this like turned up to 11 thing right like we live in america where there's violence and like and no one cares about homeless people and like there's people committing these senseless acts that that uh, one of my favorite ad things in the whole movie was the naked guy <laughs> stabbing people <laughs> he was just running yeah. around stabbing, and it was very like he is a circumcised man <laughs> yeah, and it's just covered in blood and just swearing at people. And the, the things in this movie that you just like, I swear you could watch this more than once and just pick up more things like that. Yeah. The, but like the most insane things make me made me laugh during this, like the body that's just in the street. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but if, and, then, and it's the Ari Aster like uh, dead person. So it's like yeah. really morbid looking. And like, yeah, the, it, he does a thing with the eyes, like when the girl it, drank the paint. She looked like an oh, yeah. Aster dead person. Yeah. Oh, it looked my like God. It looked like it reminded me of the uh, the daughter from the beginning of yes. uh, Midsummer, like the, yeah. the that had sucked up the, uh, like man, it is just like it's all these super like concentrated. Like I assume, I think I heard somewhere that is like like his thing that he's kind of trying to convey is that that he has tons of anxiety and he was kind of like putting a lot of that into this film and you're just like okay I see how like it's like how everything's com- coming to get him right like and dude there's it's a-, a whole there's a whole thing on that so like first of all it there was an acknowledgement from him where he states that all he puts out can be dead and forgotten by the countless audience members who will walk out with ever thinking of it again. It serves as a final confrontation with fear, whether it's a judgment from one's work, life, or a combination of both, the destruction that it carries with. No matter how much one gives themselves to tell a good story, um, as Bo was imagined in vivid detail, there's always the grim potential that you'll be left to drown. Um, also, the fact that like people can be completely oblivious imbli- they won't give a shit and they'll walk away and doesn't even matter um there was also yeah. a whole commentary done about cancel culture with this too that was really interesting yeah about how the anxiety of that that can like pull together can part of like the anxiety that he was dealing with also stemmed from like the whole cancel culture side of yeah. things but yeah sorry i just wanted to adhd brain was like this is where you fit put it no. in Dude. You're Ken. You're part of the show. You can talk about all the things you want to talk. Especially like I love when you get super like into a film like this, and you're like doing research and doing all this stuff because it like <laughs> Josh I and I put are it not, in. Yeah. I mean, put it in, kickity. <laughs> no, because this. I mean, this in this film is just such a. This movie is one of the most. I like. 
I think that the only thing that would probably be considered more artsy, fartsy than this film would be Mad God, Josh. Like, it's very ma- pretentious in its own way. But oh yeah, Kin didn't see Mad God, so doesn't really understand that. I, I don't know. It was so, it was so weird, and I love that we watched it because I loved it in what it was doing. It was so artistic, and I was so into how fucking weird it was and rod couldn't have cared less because he add so out that he was like fuck this movie it, it doesn't have any dialogue it lost me and i was like what and i was so confused because i was like did you we did not watch the same movie it was like it was art the entire time because Josh, you are a visual like you're a visual person right you're like a graphic yeah. designer you do all that stuff the visuals could be super cool and super, but like without something, it's the same thing where like I've told Ken all the time, like she goes, she, she'll play video games on her stream that I can't play because they don't have like, they don't have, they're not dragging like a right. carrot along where I'm like following it. And like, Oh, by the way, if you want to see a real horror, a horror thing go watch Ken's replay of her stream this morning and the house she made because the nightmare fuel of that kitchen alone. I'm. I'm. I saying, will one day have a kitchen like that. I'm like. The I, tiles I, were like <laughs> eighths, and they were all different, like quilt-like ones, and all the tiles were different. And so I like covered the floor with them, and then most of the way up, like halfway up the wall, uh, and then it was too much, and so I put like black tiles, and then alternated, and people still thought it was too much, and I was like, "This is the best kitchen that's ever existed." And then the game was like, "Fuck you, change it back," and I was like, "But my kitchen," and and also my kitchen was like the size of a shoebox. It was great. It was it was what, something. What, what game was this? House Flipper 2's demo is out, so mm, I okay. sunk like three hours. <laughs> Actually, I think I sunk like five hours. It it was it was wonderful, and it made me giggle the entire time. But it, it was Ken was Ken was kidding hard, and it made me <laughs> smile. But like, yeah, it's I have a hard time Kitty. that like when when there aren't things that like are pulling me along, like like I need like. I need that reason why I'm going on to the next thing. And this movie has it. It's it's fucking wild and I, yeah. often I I'm not completely sure how much I understood everything. But like when you don't have that carrot on a stick and I'm like on the treadmill trying to get that carrot on a stick, I have like I can check out pretty fucking hard. And this movie was just like it overloaded my ADHD, which is a is something that like it, this movie has constant shit happening, right? It's always got like a billion things going on on the screen. It's just always like, and it doesn't I, explain it too, so it no it makes you think about what you just <laughs> saw too. Instead <laughs> of it just being like, oh yeah, this is what you just saw, and this is the reason why it was on screen. Yeah. It was like you just saw four different things. None of them were explained, and literally three of them made zero sense. So one of my one fun. of my favorite parts about this whole film is after all the crazy homeless people have the murder orgy in his apartment, and he's like walking around the apartment afterwards, and the microwave has like "Do not open" on it, yeah. no. and then his computer monitor has a shoe, shoe. that's like implanted. Yes, that was great. Uh, and then he's trying to use his computer monitor. And then, like, that translates into, like, the the bathtub scene we already started talking about where he he gets in the bath and he's just trying to, like, trying to fucking, like, you know, make it through. And the guy's just, like, that sweat. It's, like, very much kind of reminding me of, like, Mission Impossible, like, where Tom Cruise is, like, hanging above people. And I'm, like... What is like because that's all like just pure anxiety. It's like with a, it's like Spider Manning with a spider on his face. Yeah, the brown recluse which killed the the tattooed face guy that like tried to murder him or get into his building a bunch of times, and it's just also I have to say, can can I ha- I need your opinion on something very specific in this film? Have you ever had the thought? That your your therapist is recording your conversations yes. and sending. <laughs> so, yes. were you, so were you like, were you like, you like I feel this in my whole soul and the. I wanted like, to vomit. Yeah. It, <laughs> yeah. It is the literally entire time. 
it's literally one of those most like betraying things that could ever happen to anyone, right? Because therapy is supposed to be that thing, that safe space where you go in and you like let your soul out. And for anxious people, I mean, I'm anxious a lot. Like the thought of like them like taking advantage of that and 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 just like your soul. Ab- yeah, abusing that and doing all these things and that I don't know, man. That guy, whenever he shows up in movies, too, has that like he's such a great actor. He's I, such a great character actor. Yeah. Like his entire just he's like he's like an albino black guy. Basically, he's got that real like he's he probably got that skin condition, but like he's got that like he's got that warm and like he seems like the friendliest, nicest guy in the world. And like you you like you kind of like when you for the first scene where they're they have therapy which is like the opening scene in the movie really besides the the vagina that was what by the way as that was on i, I knew was watching, exactly I was like, what was happening i was that. like i thought it was happening was and then i go that's the vagina hole and it was the vagina hole because that was the opening of, of the movie and whatnot but you sit in there and you go this guy's a saint because he's sitting there dealing with bo's incredible levels of like you know this guy is as is as neurotic as they come from like just trailers and whatnot right and what he like and and he then it turns out that this guy is the biggest scumbag in the entire movie besides maybe the mother oh oh i have to say though i was kind of proud when um the uh the doctor guy was on the phone with him his like mother's assistant i'm like oh that's that that's that chubby motherfucker from spin city and it was the chubby motherfucker from spin city and he's he's been in a lot of things and he's got that real distinct he was really voice. good though like i really like yeah. his character because he was playing like it's so like deadpan because he was so like yeah genuinely sounding nice but he really wasn't and it's yeah it's so creep it's way it's condescending yeah well in that condescending is that thing is like that thing throughout the whole movie it's like nobody ever believes Bo, and it's like yeah but that's the it's that thing where i'm sure that that this is all like internal anxiety right this is like what the world feels like to this person who anxiety overload they're like He's sitting there going, "Oh yeah, they're just condescending me. They're just, you know." And we've all had like, like feelings like that, just like not turned up to eleven. Most of us, right? Like, no, like this is like severe. Like, it's almost like paranoia. Like the 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 anxiety is so strong that it's almost like paranoia, right? It's like it's a form of like being so neurotic that you just. I related on so many levels. Like, as soon as he started doing certain things, I was like, well, yeah, I can see that. Like, yep, crank that up to 11. And the whole time, too, I was watching it. I was like, okay, there is so much anxiety in here. I just want to know what the fuck is going on because I'm starting to get frustrated. Like, put me in an anxiety ride for a movie. Fine. Three hours. I just don't give a fuck. Tell me what's going on. And then you don't find out the reality even though it is his own reality. So, but it is like we've talked about numerous times. It's a false narrative. Like you can't yeah. trust the narrator. So but I think what that's is really why I, happening? That I actually really enjoyed the ending of this because uh, it stays true to, we are seeing it through Bo's eyes and that's it. So the fact that this is how he saw it end as the ending of the movie, it, I don't think it could have ended any other way because we're not going in and out of like perceptions. It's only his perception yeah. is what we're seeing. So it makes sense that it had to end. Oh yeah, I, I think that more. I'm just like I was kind of curious of what actually happened to his boat. I and the 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 like, oh the the concepts behind that are beautiful. Are they? You gotta go into this in a second. Like that and the like the mother and like how he, dude. I think one of my like the most like oh oh he finally snapped is when he starts strangling his evil mother. <laughs> You're just like, oh, Bo is completely lost. It's it's that like everything is just like it, it, it's 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 so interesting to see uh, this like incredible filmmaker like Ari Aster who's made these two films that like the horror community and like 
not even the horror community, like the like critics and all this stuff, just embraced both of his films, right? Even though like Midsummer has issues. Like I think Midsummer might be my least favorite of his three films because I think Bo is like up there right under Hereditary and just like being such a fucking wild ride, right? But like, yeah, it's 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 this man made a movie. It kind of you know who kind of reminds me of uh, Josh just way earlier in his career, like James Wan when Wan and like doing like he made uh Malignant. I give zero fucks, right? Malignant is one of those most wild fucking movies ever. And he just made this movie and he was like, it was like how, it just made me feel like the Ari is just like, this is how he sees the world. Like he's like, it's just like, ah, everything's coming to get me. Everything Like he's got, an, I don't know if he has an overbearing mother or like that, but it just felt, this entire film, even though it wasn't him, felt, it feels so personal, right? It feels so like, it's like three hours of him just like, spitting his fucking how he views the world onto the screen. I love all the jump cuts showing time jumps and stuff. Like mm-hmm. it it was a very effective way to show that you know anxiety is debilitating where it will just make you like be in a prison stuck in time. Yeah. Yeah. Well yeah it's that and you start seeing that really early on in this film like when he tries to go to bed and like he's paranoid that like that like he starts getting the notes under his door about being quiet and it's just like that is so me like i cannot tell you how many times so when we were in florida all night i was worried about making noise because i would be like gaming or like dicking off or whatever and i would get up every morning and ask every single person in the house was i loud did you hear me last night and they would be like no and okay like i just want to check and they're like why I mean, like, I don't know. Like maybe I was making I was noise. I don't know. Off. I was dicking <laughs> off. No, like honestly, it's just it's a fear. Like it's it's a totally it's the same with stream, right? Like I'll sit yeah. there and I'll realize I'll become hyper aware of the fact that I'm breathing, and then I'm like, oh my god, is my mic picking up my breathing? And then I'll get to the point where I'm like holding my breath, and then all of a sudden, I'm like, oh my god, I have to breathe. <laughs> and, and it's a whole process yeah. until I can forget it. I mean. It's one of those things where, like, it's why, like, I, I see you, like, you apologize a lot. It's like, because you, you don't ever want to, you okay. care so much about how you affect other people, right? And that's the same kind of stuff right now you're talking about how you want. And it's kind of like, it's the same kind of thing where it's like, he, Bo kind of amplifies what his things mean to the rest of the world, right? It's like, like you talked about earlier about the... uh you're the main character of your own story, right? But you're not the main character of everyone else's story. And it's that thing where like, sometimes I wonder, Ken, if you think you're, you're a side character in your own story. Oh my God. You have to watch the (laughs) new season of black beer and watch the first episode because I don't want to be the main character in everyone's story. <laughs> no, but I don't want to be the main character in my story. I, I was okay? about to say, I was like, but you. Have I wish to I knew it was what you were saying, but I don't even want to be my main character. You guys can have it. I'll just sit off to the side. Oh fuck, man! I, it's so like. It felt like it did feel like it's funny because after I watched it, I messaged Classy Katie. I'm like, I want you to watch this movie because like I also feel like the other the group of people that like that this movie would like nail home with like that would relate are people that have had fucked up relationships with their mothers uh, because that's like such a mother. Mother, tell your children not to walk my way. But it's such a reoccurring thing of Dude, like seeing it, it, <laughs> fucking Leatherface turn around. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, Josh. Woo! <laughs> I'm like, yeah. <laughs> did you tell him you were happy that he was the first one who's ever like? He yes, was the first I did. Leatherface I like, to have like the first guy to actually make an actual massacre in Texas. Thank you, buddy. Yeah, with a chainsaw. Yeah. Like, thank you. And yeah, dude. I still, I, I, I. That's one of those movies where I'm like, dude, if you went into a movie called Texas Chainsaw Massacre and you expected high art, I, I don't know what to tell you. I it like, and I'm sorry. Regardless of how good the first one is, it's not exactly high art either. It's like 
scary and no. creepy and all that stuff. But it's not exactly high art. It's a no. fucking bunch of crazy people that like I they were like almost the Netflix one a lot. Yep. And uh we talked about it. I we were yep. like Rod and I were genuinely confused about the the masses uh reaction to it and the amount of pitchforks that they had in their hands because it made zero fucking sense to me. I mean, I it's like it's like all these people go in expecting the original, which it's never going to be, but two, it's like Dude, have you guys watched? Josh and I have watched Sharks of the Corn. I mean, like we've seen bad <laughs> horror movies. It's like speaking it's, of sharks, today is the forty-fifth anniversary of Jaws. Oh, nice! And you nice. did you see that uh, that clip of the the shark eating the Russian? It's uh, it's, no, <laughs> it's Diana's favorite clip ever. I assume the Ukrainian loves watching Russians get eaten by sharks. She now (laughs) is obsessed with all my shark shit. She's like, ah, sharks. I love them. Oh, Oh, man. She's like, they were put on this earth for like a reason to to eat Russians. Um, Man, I, I have to say though, like it, like did you, you guys think that this movie could have worked as like either like a mini series, like I said earlier, because I, I keep thinking about like the parts of this movie and how like weird it is and like how like you could have broken it up, like the whole section with him in that house and the people, the doctors that hit him with a car. I felt like this movie already kind of did that, like in the way it was structured, it almost felt and how long it was, it felt yeah. like three episodes of a show put back to back to back because like it was pretty much at the hour mark that. The, this the it changed completely, and it you didn't even ever think about his apartment and that whole first part. But it was so contained when it was happening that yeah. you couldn't even imagine that it was going to get any bigger than it did. This movie feels like this big, but cut up into three unique, you know, sections. Acts, yeah, yeah. acts. I, man, just like, like the the windows here. One, two, three. Yeah, I the whole section with the <laughs> fucking. Uh, with uh nathan uh lane and uh that was uh what do you call her right uh fuck what's her name the chick from fargo right uh no it wasn't it was uh when he's staying in her room sorry thank you sorry (laughs) sorry i can can i'm sure you you felt you like you were like this is my life. Like the weird thing was like because the the parents like the the son died also they like it seemed like a lot of that shit was just completely made up. Like, oh, he was in the jungle, and he was. <laughs> but like and... nobody, nobody sits down and is like, I mean, like obviously at the end where it's all wrapped up that they all worked for her and like she yeah. was doing all this shit. But like nobody sits down and is like, do these people just like hold people up? Now, granted, my thought process on that was she hit him with her with her car and she didn't want to get in trouble, so they brought him home. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I assume. But yeah, but then you see him on that fucking weird painting, the the picture of the collage of all the people of, that makes the face of her of his mother. Mm-hmm. Also, I had to I wonder this because you both I you have feelings. Was that his first orgasm ever? Yes. yes. Like that's why his balls are so big. Yes. Oh, that's why she goes. Oh, I felt you bust the camera. Right? Yeah. Like, she bust right through. <laughs> yeah, she did. I did laugh, man. He, he when he's like he's like so relieved that he didn't die when he came, and then he looks up and she died when she came. Well, that's yeah. we were watching it, and it happened, and I was like, "She's gonna be dead. She's gonna be dead." And then it was just frozen, and I was like, "Oh, there she goes, dude." <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm cool with that. If I come and instantly die. I, I, is there a better way to go out? I don't think there is. Like I don't like maybe getting blown up might be better because you are dying in your sleep. But like you're like you're like climaxing and then you're like you just don't exist anymore. Like you go out on top, bada boom. You get it because she was on top and when she went out, you know she was she was riding that dick. But <laughs> but yeah, uh, I I thought I thought that was funny. But the mother just sitting there basically watching them fuck was just like one of the you're like, uh, it it's such a weird like like as you think you know it's funny because like 
this character you like kind of feel bad for for like a lot of the movie and but you're also at the same time you're like get your shit together man but then you realize that his mother is like a complete fucking psychopath right like the whole like she paid her nanny's like family a large sum of money to let her drop a chandelier on her head to fake her death so that her son would show up and like you're like that he said in the in the doctor's office early in the movie that he'd been back like what three or four months ago it sounded like so this mother is so like overbearing because can can we know we know how your you have your your mother is your mother does she ever give you guilt trips about like like not seeing her enough mother I, I just dealt with a mother who, who got mad at me because I told her that my life was complicated and fucked up right now. And she was like, but I want to see you for your 40th birthday. I'm like, I can't promise anything and got mad at me. So I understand this whole like this. Like, no, my mom, I'll be completely honest. My parents, they don't do that, but they did when I was younger. OK, but they've kind of come to terms with the fact that I am super busy. They don't. They don't like guilt trip me about it. They'll just be like, "Oh, we'd really like to see you," or "Do you want to come I, over?" You know. But they don't do the like, "Why aren't uh, you here?" Blah, blah, blah. Well, actually, in fact, they're quite the opposite. They're they they want me to come over, but they're always kind of like, you know, we understand, like no pressure. That's why I, I so. wonder because you guys are close, and I feel like that like that hour driver. I mean, it's not close, close, but like if that but guilt. Okay. All the family was like, we always thought you lived like 15 minutes apart. You have the same zip code. And I was like, no, it's like an hour. So it's an yeah. hour there, an hour back, you know, an hour to spend time. It's a whole day adventure. Yeah. Yeah. Josh, why are you on me when Ken was talking? I'm not paying attention. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, if you're not watching the video, you just, you missed a, a man go, Yep, this is I've I hit forty five <laughs> minutes and I've fucking completely checked out. <laughs> it's fifty seven. You know, I just realized I just fuck you, Rod. I don't think I could have a standing desk because I would be in a situation like that and just walk off and completely forget. <laughs> no, I, I already do that now. Like I, I got I'm, up I'm, one day, I'm I was here. in the middle of something on stream and I like got up to be funny and I like disappeared for like twenty minutes and I came back and I was like, oh. <laughs> It's, I was reading. I do an this email. every day. Have, it is my entire life, but I forgot I was doing it and just dipped. <laughs> I'm going to be Ken... honest. I was reading an email. I have that's fine. Brand new clients coming on board, and they're more important than us. I know. Oh no, no I'm get kidding. it. I, I'm but we're gonna I'm we're gonna bust your balls though, Josh. We're gonna bust your balls about it. Yes. So it's wonderful. Listen, I don't have any room to talk. I fell asleep two weeks ago during the podcast, <laughs> so I have zero room to discuss. <laughs> anything that, that was pretty new here <laughs> just, i don't know what i'm doing anymore i mean uh, you don't know what you're doing but we love you anyways josh you also had a very busy weekend and you did and a busy I, day what i don't what day is it is it tuesday, it is tuesday i could have josh, sworn so. yesterday was tuesday all day <sighs> no it was not you should honestly always have tacos on tuesday just so you know what day it is <laughs> i but i eat tacos more than that so it's okay I would yeah, want tacos. Sure. You have tacos on Tuesday. <laughs> oh man! Oh man! I want tacos now. Taco Lead Tuesday. from within. So is that when you're on your period or? It's now Scottish metalcore band, Josh. And everybody. Yeah, knows. I know, but like when you're bleeding from within, isn't that like a metaphor for having a period? For periods, I mean, either that or you're you got like anal bleeding. From too much rough anal sex, Josh. <laughs> Why is there not a band called Anal Bleeding? I, I uh, there was a band from assume... Calgary called Maniac Sumo Cunt. Okay, but that's not Anal Bleeding. I do appreciate the name, but that's not Anal Bleeding. I mean, it, it should be a deathcore band because, like, deathcore has the, I'm sure the such high one. class classy names as Dying Fetus and and things like that. Like, you know. It's which, by the way, Dying Fetus was actually pretty 
good live, even though like I saw their name and I'm like, why? <laughs> opened up. They opened up from the the Black Dahlia murder before their lead singer killed himself. The Black Dahlia week. murder is the reason why Rod and I are best friends. Yeah, it is. It is. The reason wonderful. to start over new. My buddy also, came to the horror con with his uh, one-year-old son wearing a Black Dahlia murder shirt. That's like amazing. a little also, tiny baby-sized Black Dahlia murder shirt. I was like, that is the fucking best. Oh, my God. Once, Josh, my, cousin, once my cousin and his uh, his girlfriend start having babies, that's all that child is going to be wearing. Like just <laughs> goth metal Hardcore yeah. screamo, like I'm getting them as many great uh, Grim Reaper. Oh my god! Like, the twisted, like as twisted as I can get away with. I'm doing of it. Emo, because they'll I was, put her in there. When I was doing the DJ thing, I was like, okay, you know, you got to like look at the crowd and see the reactions to what you're playing and stuff. But there's like this band that plays, uh, like they were the headlining band. They they do like full skull paint and whatever on their face and stuff. But they're like kind of emo punky type sound or whatever. And their fans are just like straight up like high school emo girls. And I was like, uh-huh. oh, shit, these are like real. I haven't seen like overly emo emo crowd in a long time. And I was like, oh, I know exactly what to play. <laughs> what did I play? The Black Parade. What? The Black Parade. Uh, yes, when I did. I was <laughs> a young boy. And oh, my oh. God. <laughs> they were. <laughs> like lo- screaming and losing their minds. I was like, all right, I, yeah, I called that one. <laughs> okay. That's Josh. so at every like gaming event I've ever been to, every TwitchCon, whatever, the parties always play like EDM or rap. We were at the Partner Summit this year and they broke out Lincoln Park um, nice. and like two other more, like I know that Lincoln Park's not emo, but you, you get where I'm going. They're with new this, metal. But they did play a little bit more of like the rock side of stuff. Yeah. And everybody lost their shit and everybody was so excited and everybody's jumping around and I was having fun. And then they immediately flipped back to techno and everybody just stopped. Dude, I'm just just, like, it makes me laugh because like in between, like when I went and saw August Burns Red and there was like uh, the Devil's Prada and like uh, these guys. Like I think it was in between Devil's Prada and August Burns Red. They were the the venue was playing. aerials by system of a down and the whole fucking everyone in the fucking crowd was there's like three thousand people just singing aerials it was fucking wild okay i have one more question josh did you yell barry when barry was on uh, the screen yes (laughs) i still need to watch the fourth season of this oh another thing i watched the first two episodes of barry it's very dark and yeah uh... that's why i haven't dived into it yet I I've been watching uh uh what we do in the shadows to prepare for the new season, and they had the trailer and they show they show uh, uh Guillermo trying to to do vampire things and so <laughs> I was thinking of uh, starting from like it looks pretty good and I've been hearing good things about it. What's from? Uh, it's uh, it's like a horror show on Paramount. I've heard really good things about From. Yeah. I don't know if I know that one. It's on Plex. Okay. Check it out. Okay. Do we have any ideas what we're watching next week? Um, I was going to suggest something. I don't remember what it was. I want to do, do something you want... old. Like, I have my collection over there. And as I was moving, like, now I have a, my old desk is in front of it. So, like, I wouldn't be able to do it this week anyways. But uh, I was, like, looking through it. And I was like, fuck, this is how I used to pick movies. And I have, like, you know a decade or two in my uh, movie collection that are just like nothing but gems in the horror genre. And I can yeah. just go this one. And like, then I could have a physical copy. Like I, <laughs> but Oh, you s- remember we said we wanted to watch that. Uh, what was it? Cemetery man. We could do a cemetery man. The cemetery man or grave. What cemetery man? Yeah, maybe it was Cemetery Man. Cemetery Man is like a 1992 Giallo film, so I'm down with this. It's wild from what I've seen. Uh, Brandon Tennell did a review of it years ago, and I'm yeah, very excited. Yeah, let's do Cemetery Man. That's what Dan else? from the HorrorCon, he gave me his copy of it. and was like, no, fucking watch Cemetery Man. I'm like, okay. And then he said, uh, and then do a poster. 
when he's fucking the girl on the, I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Is there anything else you guys want to say about uh Bo is Afraid? It, this movie's wild, man. Like I I think like like check it out. It, it's and it's artsy, grab man. Your popcorn. And long. be prepared for an acid tripped vibe the whole time. Yeah. What, what it reminded me of in different parts is back in the day, there was an amusement park that Hard Rock Cafe opened and it was Hard Rock Park. Uh-huh. And one of the rides, I'll use rides in quotes because it was a walkthrough, was called The Trip. And it was created to make you feel like you had just dropped acid. I have not dropped acid, but... I can only assume that's what it was, and I hated it, but at the same time, it was really interesting. That's what this felt like in certain parts. I yeah. felt like I was on the trip. That's kind of what, like, Meow Wolf is kind of like that. It's so that I want to go to Meow Wolf so bad. Well, come visit. Hard Rock Honolulu sticks. My mom was, uh, she anywhere she went, she would go to a Hard Rock Cafe and get me a pair of drumsticks from Hard Rock Cafe. Aww. So I have, like... We have one in town. I have a... Oh, they still I haven't exist. been to one in, in yeah. years, in years. I yeah, think the last one. time I remember was like when I was like 22 when I went to Washington, D.C. We There's used to one have right one next in Calgary. Door to where HT works. Uh, and then there was one next in Banff. And now there's, I don't think there's any in Canada anymore. Okay. Okay. Well, we will do Cemetery Man next week. Is there anything else you guys want to talk about before we get out of here? I fucking love your faces. That's it. I love, love- your faces. We love your face, Josh. Yes. Okay, guys. Proud of you, Josh. You're awesome, Josh. Good job Thanks, killing it at the Calgary HorrorCon. Yeah. You beautiful man. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Go to MurderMoose.com and Murder Moose Podcast on Twitter. Follow us there. Um, we are uh, – That's uh, the website is where all our episodes are, and they go to our YouTube and whatnot. Uh, go to YouTube and subscribe to us there, and so just search Murder Moose Podcast, and you'll find us with a psycho gore man writing a murder moose. Uh, we have uh, continue.com, stdmotel.com, stdhotel.com, only nouns, and quaintain.com. Follow Ken, go to her stream, check her out at twitch.tv slash continue because she's wonderful. And Josh, joshwrb, uh, the, dot com and joshwrb on Twitter and all these things. wrbdesign.co. Yep, do all those mm. things. And I'm Roger Score Johnson on Twitter and Twitch, so follow me there. So I love you, motherfuckers. You're both awesome. I love you uh, to death. And uh, I think we had a really good discussion with this one. So we'll catch you guys next week for Cemetery Man. Dun, dun. Is it what, 92, Josh? Is that what year it is? I think it's 92 or 94, one of those. Okay. But it's an Italian weirdo. Like It's like almost like evil daddy almost it seems like in tone like I, I think i'm gonna love it yeah okay okay guys love you we'll catch you next week for cemetery mine bye bye, bye. <laughs> 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 it's in the game